Welcome to episode number three of the Internet Marketing Best Practices series. I'm your host, Rabizi, over at RicardoBueno.com. Enjoy. So tell us who you are and what you do. I'm Amber Naslund. My official title and day job is that I'm the VP of Social Strategy for Radiant 6. We're a social media monitoring platform, um, so we help companies listen and monitor uh, conversations online that are relevant to their brand. And I do that blogging thing over at BrassTackThinking.com, and lately, uh, apparently, as, <laughs> as you well know, uh, the project du jour is the, uh, the Now Revolution, which is the book that uh, Jay and I have written together. So that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. Jay, you want to tell us I, uh, who you, a little bit of who yeah, you are? I, sure. I primarily follow Amber around the country and uh, carry her computer. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a social media strategy consultant. My company, Convince and Convert, works with major corporations and agencies all around the world on integrated social media programs. Uh, I've been in the digital marketing, online marketing space for about 15 years. Uh, I also do that blog-in thing uh, at convinceandconvert.com. Great. Now, when did you guys – you're co-authoring a book, Now Revolution. It's scheduled to come out, what is it, the first weeks of February? That's correct. And how did you two kind of come together and decide to put this book together? <laughs> I'm going to let Jay tell that story because this is really his fault, so – <laughs> um, you know, I I had been meaning to write a book for a while um, and had been kicking it around but realized that there was no way I was going to actually be able to create a book unless I had a partner in crime. It's sort of the personal trainer approach um, that is really easy, especially as a self-employed consultant, to not write a book every day. Um, and unless you have some other person who you care very deeply about and, and refuse to sort of let them down, um, I knew I was going to always find a reason to not do it. So uh, I set out on the co-authorship path, and, and really the only person I wanted to write a book with was Amber. I have tremendous respect for uh, for her thinking and her ability, and uh, fortunately for me, she actually agreed to do it. So uh, time will tell whether that was a good decision uh, on her part, but so far it's been uh, fantastic. So, And we also should thank, uh, should thank our friend Scott Stratton, who's the author of uh, Unmarketing, uh, he kind of put a bug in the publisher's ear, and, and uh, they contacted us about uh, writing a book, and the rest, as they say, is history, or in this case, soon-to-be history. <laughs> so you chased her around the country for a year until she agreed to, and said yes, huh? I, I he actually imprisoned me. Via um, Twitter, actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I chased her around the country in a series of 140-character pithy messages. <laughs> and see, it's his it's his scarringly good sense of humor that is exactly what finally won me over. <laughs> no, I was thinking about that. I'm like, it would have been a lot easier to get my wife to to go out with me if I would have had Twitter back in those days. <laughs> <laughs> the 140 character pickup line is a classic. For sure. I would never have even had to take a shower. I could have just sat in my dorm room and sent messages. I <laughs> Why didn't I think about this? It's like, yeah, okay. No wonder I'm single. I'm scared uh, for my children and yours. 
So let's talk about the book. You mentioned that it's not a book on how to do social media, but rather a book on how to restructure your organization or your company to take advantage of the real-time web. Um, tell me a little bit more about kind of what the book is about. You know, the, the, the premise is that um, we have changed our businesses as a result of every technology advance that has happened before now. There was a time when businesses didn't have to answer the phone because there was no phone. There was a time that businesses didn't have to worry about their website or answering emails or faxes or getting FedExes. And, and in it, for each of those technology advances, we have changed the way we do business to meet the changing expectations of our customers. Social media is just the next um, point on that continuum but yet we really haven't made any changes to our business as a result of social media, which perhaps may be the most transformative of all those technologies when the, uh, when the, when the game is done. Um, you know, putting together a Twitter account or throwing up a Facebook fan page is not meeting the challenge of, of real-time customer expectations. It's just mm -hmm. nibbling on the margins. So we wrote a playbook that has seven shifts to make companies faster, smarter, and more social, and we think those shifts are the recipe uh, for succeeding on the real-time web. Yeah, I think one of the t the interesting challenges that a lot of businesses are facing um, from the from the social media aspect is that there's a lot of great resources out there about um, you know what the prominent social networks are or kind of the the overarching rules of engagement. Um, what's Twitter? What's Facebook? How do you write a blog? Um, but you know, adaptively, most companies aren't looking at their operations, you know, the way they're structured, how their culture is mm -hmm. um, laid out and fostered, how they need to organize uh, in order to adapt to this. So we really, really wanted to talk about um, the, you know, the inside-out aspect of social and how re-engineering what you do and how you do it as a business can affect uh, your ability to be effective in social media. So that's sort of the, the angle that we took. Even as basic as laying out objectives, I think a lot of companies they you know they do something to do it, but don't really understand the objective or reasoning behind it. Uh, that's definitely part of it, and we talk a little bit in the uh, in the, the very first section of the book about um, culture because you can have all the best even goals and objectives in the world, but if you don't have the right sort of mindset and attitude um, internally that um, sort of unifies you in terms of purpose and direction. Uh, it's going to be really hard to get there. So there's a lot of foundational work that you need to do inside your own walls to be prepared to even chase those goals in the first place. I think uh, I was listening to, I, I can't remember, what, it was a Twitter chat, and Patrick O'Keefe made the comment that if you have a service or a product, you inherently have a community. And so, you know, I think a lot of people, yeah, you have a community, but it's so disconstructed because you're not paying attention to your your fans and your clients and, and managing that community effectively, how do you go about creating that culture so that you do start to sort of bring in that community and make it a tight-knit community where you're being responsive and engaging with those individuals? Well, I think there's a difference between there being a community and being a community that you can find, right? I mean, one of the things that we talk about is that social media doesn't create negativity. It just puts a magnifying glass to it or positivity. Right. Um, one of the things yeah. that, that that social does, right, it's sort of the canary in the coal mine um, where companies haven't really had a mechanism for finding or understanding or dimensionalizing these 
um, communities in the past, and that's what makes um, social so, on one hand, incredibly important. On the other hand, really just word of mouth on steroids. Yeah, one of the key themes um, uh, that we revisit in the book in a couple of different ways that we, we talk about very prominently is that, that everybody in your company is, is in marketing, um, whether they like it or not, um, or whether you plan for it or not, and whether that's part of their, their official job description. Um, you know, it, everybody's job is to be out there and to be uh, an asset to the community that you're trying to serve. So we talk a lot about how to not only identify the right kinds of people to be able to do that for your company, but also um, how to organize them into the right sorts of teams, um, ones that are obviously your frontline, front-facing people, um, some folks that can help guide efforts, some folks that can help shape those efforts from behind the scenes. Um, but recognizing that social media um, is less about a skill or a job and more about a mindset that needs to be a little bit of everybody's responsibility in the future and how we can move organizations to from parking social media and just a communication uh, aspect to being like a phone on everybody's desk and being something that, um, that everyone can tap. Reminds me of our buddy uh, Scott Stratton's quote. He says, uh, marketing happens every time you engage or not with your past, present, and potential customers. When you're, you know, when you're building your teams to, to be more responsive and, and to be active, is it something that you necessarily force? You know, do you require everyone to, to kind of be active on, through all these channels? Or, or how do you kind of start to shape that mindset and, and build your teams? No, absolutely not. We we speak very clearly in the book that that passion trumps position in social media, and it's one of the mistakes that a lot of mm-hmm. companies make. They they try and and decentralize or spread social media throughout the enterprise, or even put together a social media steering committee or a coaching staff is the metaphor that we use in the book. And um, and they say, well, this person is the director of this, this person is the vice president of that, therefore he or she needs to be on this committee. Um, even though that person really has no enthusiasm for social media at all. And at the end of the day, um, if you don't love social media, you suck at social media. Um, there really is no, no middle ground there. So what we advocate is, is actually um, putting together a survey or an audit of your existing personnel and determine who actually is active in social media on their own behalf, regardless of whether they're involved in social media at all for your company, are they using social media themselves? Are they active on Facebook? Are they right. active on Twitter? Do they write a blog, et cetera, et cetera? Find the people who, who love the culture of social media and then empower them to do that on behalf of your company. That's the right approach, we believe. In, in your book, we also talk about you know this concept of answering the new telephone. Uh, can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's that's actually a metaphor that I have absolutely blatantly ripped off um, with permission <laughs> from from my CEO uh, Marcel LeBrun at Radiant Six, and uh, it's the idea that it's a lot like Jay talked about at the very beginning, where once upon a time it was um, you know when when things happen uh, with your customers in relation to your business, way back when they'd write a letter, then eventually they'd you know make a phone call, and we built our businesses around the idea that we needed to be able to pick up the phone. Um, and we didn't have a phone department where somebody owned the phones uh, and then nobody else got to touch them. Eventually, we got to a point where there's a phone on everybody's desk in the company because it's, it's simply a mechanism and your customers are using it to get in touch with you in one way, shape, or form. 
So everyone needs to be able to respond to that. And we're looking at the ability for companies to listen and um, sort of take stock of what's actually being discussed on the web so that they can be responsive to those things because the web is like a new series of phone calls coming into businesses all the time. And it's coming in from new mechanisms and new channels, um, but we need to find ways to put that new social telephone on the desk of every person in the company so that they can properly respond to the, uh, to the need that's out there. Yeah, that means taking the good with the bad, right? I mean, I talked about the canary in the coal mine and the canary in the coal mine a minute ago. You, you literally have companies out there who say, well, um, you know, we like being praised in social media, but we don't like the criticism. And that would be as if you had a call center where everybody has a phone and people call up your company, but if they have a complaint, you hang mm -hmm. up on them, right? And that's literally the way some companies treat social, right? It's like, well, you know, right. we're happy to answer back when you tweet something positive, but when you tweet something negative, we don't say anything. Uh, and you can't have it both ways. You know, you're either, you're either in or you're out. And, and do you address ways and, and sort of methods for dealing with the negative? A little bit. I wouldn't say uh, it is a comprehensive guide to dealing with negativity online. I think Patrick O'Keefe's book, who you mentioned earlier, is fantastic um, uh, on those lines. His book, um, Managing Online Forums, is terrific, and, and it really does do a lot of point-by-point, step-by-step stuff. He actually has a, a long passage in the book where he's quoted, uh, and, and we uh, interviewed him for that section. So we do talk about negativity a little bit, but where we really focus is on crisis management, is when it really does go off the rails. Uh, we, in fact, have an entire chapter on social media crisis management, how to handle it, how to communicate internally, how to know whether it is, in fact, a crisis, how to recover, et cetera. So the day-to-day -day somebody tweets, hey, I don't like the size of my belt or whatever, we don't talk too much about that, um, but we certainly do talk a lot about if it gets really, really, really bad. And I guess as we're talking about the components, um, the components of the book, um, the one section, the one chapter is on social media crisis management. Um, so to just tell you what the other shifts are, I said there's seven shifts to make your business faster, smarter, and more social. That's the, the uh, subtitle of the book. Um, the first chapter is on corporate culture. Uh, the second chapter is on staffing and personnel. Uh, the third chapter is on uh, internal deployment, internal management of your resources. Uh, the fourth chapter is on listening. The fifth chapter is on response. The sixth chapter is on social media crisis management. And the last chapter is very detailed on social media success metrics, putting together a customized scoreboard for your organization and determining whether or not this, work, this is working, how do you know uh, whether this um, real-time business is uh, having an impact on the organization. One last thing, if we can kind of cover rather briefly. In the end, we talk about um, success metrics. What kind of success metrics should we be looking at? Um, well, the, the, the trick is that we, we, there's no one straight answer for everybody, right? So the way that we wrote uh, the last part of the book is to actually help you select the right kinds of success metrics. And usually when folks struggle with, with social media measurement, it's because of a few key factors. Usually they either don't have access to the data that they need to properly measure, or they're not really sure what to do with it when they have it, um, or they just don't have resources, right, to either put to gathering the data or analyzing the data or what have you. So what we actually walk through is a little bit of a metrics selector that has uh, a number of different sort of simple but um, very key yes or no questions about what kinds of data you have access to, 
um, what sorts of information you actually want to track and be able to quantify. And we help you narrow down the kinds of um, relatively simple metrics, believe it or not, uh, that we think that you should, ought to be tracking because we don't really believe that social media measurement needs to be um, complex in order to be effective, but that it needs to be tailored to, uh, to line up with the goals that you set. Great. Now, where can we find information on the book? We have nowrevolutionbook.com. Just, just, call, just call Amber. She'll take care of it. <laughs> I'm still going to get you for that one. Yeah, that's right. She's Operator standing, standing by. by. She has the, she's had the headset on. I do. We actually I have. Fast, Amber, tell them about our contest. Tell them about, tell them about our exciting contest that we have. Uh, oh, right. So um, as of today, we've got uh, a cool little promotion running over at nowrevolutionbook.com where you can um, grab a, a couple of the copies of the book on pre-order. And uh, we've got a drawing going for folks to win a bunch of cool swag from some of the companies that we actually profile in the book as part of the case studies. So awesome. uh, from all those pre-orders, we'll, we'll pull a couple of winners at the beginning of February and send them a whole pile of stuff. And not only do you get a bunch of cool stuff from, from companies in the book, um, you also get uh, one of the original sketches uh, of the infographics that are in the book signed by Amber and me and Chris Isama, who was the illustrator for those. So you get actually original framed artwork from the book itself. Ah, yes. Nice. How could I forget that? And a big shout-out to Chris and his kick-butt <laughs> illustrations that really kind of helped uh, crystallize a lot of the concepts in here. So. So all you got to do is buy two books, send us your receipt uh, to info at nowrevolutionbook.com, and you are entered to win automatically. Uh, and you can uh, order it at uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon. Barnes & Noble just dropped the price again. Check this out, $13.50 you can buy the book for right now on pre-order, which is ridiculous. I do not know why our book is so inexpensive compared to the $24.95 <laughs> cover price. I do not know if that is really, really good news for us or really, really bad news. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And it's kind of like the, I, I almost feel like there should be a, um, like, now, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday kind of thing. Uh, I'm wondering, and like, how come Barnes & Noble is putting us on pre-clearance? I'm a little, I don't know exactly what that means. <laughs> I think they're probably trying to send us a message before the damn thing even hits the show. <laughs> yeah, they're either trying to break sales records or they're trying to get rid of them already. Um, I'm not right. sure what, but actually, yeah, in all seriousness, maybe they're um, just the on pre-orders have been very strong. delay. That's right. Yep. Yep. But but really, seriously, the pre-orders have been very, very strong. Uh, we've gotten a lot of good reports from the publisher, and so we thank everybody who's listening who may have uh, already purchased a copy. It means a lot to us. Yes. Yeah, Amber, if I chase you around the country, am I guaranteed to win on your uh, little contest? <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid not. But uh, I don't know if there's if if there's a bottle of wine um, involved. I I you know I can be bribed. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Trust me, she can. <laughs> All right, guys, if there's one best practice, uh, just to leave our listeners with one best practice that they can turn around and implement in covering all of these different principles that you've sort of outlined in the book, um, Amber, what would that be? And then Jay? Um, I think my most important one is that you've got to sort of understand and be able to use social media inside your own walls before you're really going to be able to use it externally effectively. So that means getting together a, uh, no matter how small or big your business is, whether it's two people or 200, um, get together a crew inside your company for people who are enthusiastic about social and start putting it in play in your own organization. Yeah, that's great. I would say that ultimately social media becomes a skill, not a job. 
that, that eventually, maybe not now, but eventually social media will outgrow your marketing department uh, and will have to be spread across your organization. So prepare for that today. Thank you both so much for taking the time. And I will speak to both of you very soon. No problem. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks. We appreciate it. We'll see everybody out there on the book tour. We'll be uh, all around this great land of ours seeing people. So hopefully we'll see you as part of it. For sure. Will do.